0: You are listening to The Maui Report, a live radio show that ventures into the mysteries of life, as well as the hot topics of the day, either political or business. Before we begin, then I want to take a minute here, and strongly encourage you to come over to Mallard.com slash restaurant and go over and check out Chef Gould's uh, program. He's giving back to restaurant workers who have faced tremendous amounts of strife throughout this COVID crisis, and he's doing great work. He's doing it all himself, so I applaud him. He's raised over $300,000, been on Fox and CNN and all these other places out there, um, getting some money. So I wanted to give him some love, too, because I think uh, there's a lot of great people out here listening to my show. I had him on two weeks ago, talking about that for a little bit. And if you haven't catch caught haven't caught the full episode I did with him about a year ago, and we talked about how the seafood is handled and back and forth between here and China. Um, probably the most downloaded episode from last year, so I'm strongly encourage you to go back and take that one out of the catalog because it's just a phenomenal show. But somebody else who has a I don't even want to say strong catalog. I don't even know the word for my guest tonight's catalog. My guest tonight is the paranormal podcaster, um, Jim Harold. Uh, great guy. I uh, had the pleasure of meeting you. How many years ago was that now? It seems like it was just a couple years ago, but that's got to be closer to five years ago.
1: I think it's at least five years ago, yeah. Yeah. And one like of an hearing, I think it was.
0: Yeah, one of uh, two people that spotted me and knew who I was when I walked in the door. There you go. I know who you are. So. <laughs> I've got your number. <laughs> and the other the other one still surprises me to this day. It was John Tenney.
1: Yeah. Cool. Nice guy and, and very cool guy and very weird. And I think he would see that as a compliment.
0: Yeah. I I, I was I was thrilled. I mean I I was frilled. I knew he was gonna be there. I was just thrilled to meet him and then when he walked by and poked me and quacked at me, kind of uh, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> made nice. me laugh a little bit too hard. Um uh, <laughs> Jim, how are you doing tonight? Before we get too far gone into all these other conversations,
1: I am doing well. Thank you for inviting me on the show. It's great to be here. Talk spooky stuff. Talk podcasting. And and you know, at this point, we're two of the guys that've been at it uh, quite a while. I mean, it seems like everybody's starting a paranormal podcast these days, but we've been uh, we've been uh, you know uh, in the mines, so to speak.
0: Well, you, you started. For a while. You started almost a decade before I did, which is ridiculous. So,
1: well, you started in Yeah, that's one thing. people so I, said about my show. So I was going to say, kids.
0: Uh, I guess that's five years before I did. I can't count. Um, but that's... 2005. Well, 2005. I started in 2011. So what made you want to... Because, I mean, I thought I was on the early edge of podcasting, and then I realized there's been people out there like you had been doing it for five, six years before I started. So what made you... Because... For the kids out there listening who don't understand this, when Jim started, podcasting wasn't as easy as going to a free app and just hitting record.
1: No, no, it wasn't. It was kind of like, OK, let's figure this out and cobble it together. Uh, so basically, my story was I'd gone to school for broadcasting uh, and uh, right out of school. I got a job at the first place I had call letters because this is really before the Internet had really taken hold. This is early 90s so the the guidance was, hey, get a job with something with call letters, doing anything you can do, sweep the floors, whatever. So I started off as a sales assistant. And lo and behold, I ended up in ad sales and never got on the air. And I looked up and 12 years later, I'm like, whoa, I'm never going to get on the air. I've got a wife, two kids, a mortgage, the whole bit. And uh, it's not like I can quit my job, go to Paducah and start uh, spinning records for uh, minimum wage. So what happened was uh, I've always been a talk radio fan and I've always been a fan of the paranormal. It it way predates my interest in, in podcasting and it way predates the existence of podcasting goes back to Leonard Nimoy in the 1970s. But I was also a frustrated broadcaster because I wanted to get on the air. So I heard about this thing called podcasting. I listened to people like Leo Laporte and Adam Curry and, these great tremendous broadcasters with these great broadcast voice voices and I'm like man it's like I'm never going to be able to do what they do but then I listened to some of the homemade podcasts that were just coming out in 2005 and I said but I can do that so I think my first show was either Stanton Friedman or Lloyd Auerbach I think they didn't know what podcasting was and they were both very nice so they said yes I know they're my two first guests. I can't remember the order, and uh, just started from there. And little by little, I built it up. And to my surprise, I told my wife one day, "It's like, hey, I think I could make a go of this if if I went full time." And she said, "Go for it." And that was twenty thirteen, and I know twenty twelve. Excuse me. And uh, I've been full time at it uh, ever since.
0: As I say that, that twenty twelve date when you started full time, kind of started. I I guess being in the arena, being around each other, but I started really paying attention to you because that's a big step for anybody out there who isn't paying attention to quit your full time job and do podcasting full time. I mean, yeah,
1: even now when I say it, they're like, "Okay, what does your wife do for a living?" (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the you know the business has grown every year. But the cool thing about it is, it's a job. It's a business. I do the business side of it but i've never lost that fascination that that little boy who watched leonard nimoy had about the spooky stuff that still stays there whether we're talking about ufos cryptids ghosts whatever it is campfire stories whatever it is i still have that and i've not lost that even though this is the way i make my living yes
0: let's let's touch the brakes here for a minute in fact there's one time because jim does the podcast and i've always done my show live but there's one point, one point in time where we crossed paths directly, even though we didn't, and that was the start of um, Art Bell's Dark Matter Network. You were the first yeah. one on. You were the first one on back then, yeah. and I was the I was on that Wednesday night, so I was like the third or fourth off. Um, even though that didn't work for either of us for various reasons, we're not going to get into all that, but for the, that moment when we were teammates so to speak even though like i said we never really even officially closed paths in that that role but that moment of paranormal radio may have or paranormal podcasting may have been the start of something big but i'm kind of disappointed it didn't become what i thought it was going to become in that moment
1: well the thing is is that even tangentially to be involved with anything that art bell was involved in uh is tremendous. I mean, the thing is, is that what I think about, when I think of Art Bell in terms of paranormal radio and paranormal podcasting, and the truth is, what we do as podcasters is a, is a slightly different version of radio. I mean, it's audio. It's, just, it's similar. I mean, there's differences. We may not have to deal with a clock. We may not have as many commercials. We may there are differences, but it's very much the same kind of form. You know, it's 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 kind of like the difference between a television show and a movie. And these days, that's becoming increasingly blurred. But the point being that I think about and this name may be, you know, for some of your younger listeners, I may say I've heard of that guy, but who is he? But he Art Bell is to paranormal radio and paranormal podcasting what Johnny Carson was the late night talk show hosts and anybody who is a late night talk show host whether it's David Letterman who I thought was tremendous or the newest of the the new person Trevor Trevor Noah or Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or James Corden whoever's doing that is doing their version of the Johnny Carson show And they owe a debt of gratitude to Johnny Carson because he kind of defined it, even though there were people before him like Steve Allen and Jack Parr. Johnny Carson is the one that made it a national institution. Um, Same with uh, Paranormal Radio and Art Bell. Uh, Anybody that does this, first of all, I think he was the best who has ever done it. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And that's not to cast dispersions to the current coast-to-coast team. They've got great hosts. They've been very generous to me. I've been on probably eight, nine times, uh, to talk about my books and things, so I really appreciate that. And they're great in their own right. But there was only one Johnny Carson, and there's only going to be one Art Bell. He was was tremendous.
0: Yeah, and I don't disagree with anything that you said. And I don't think we judge people off Johnny Carson either. I think we judge more contemporary now. So this paranormal radio thing always kind of gets me weird at times, but that's a... Anyways, that's a, a nerdy conversation that none of us need to have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you've been interested in the paranormal for a while. Did you ever go out and investigate and kind of get really into it? Or has this always been kind of where you've been?
1: No, I was always more of a spectator. It's kind of like um, the way I compare what I do now is, you know, there are people who, like I think of somebody who, like Dave Schrader, who was fantastic. But he goes out and he does it. He kind of reminds me of, like, the the football players who become broadcasters. It's kind of like they do both things. And But I'm more like the, again, going old school. Howard Cosell, he never played the game. Um, I'm not really a paranormal investigator. Don't really want to be. I more want to report on other people's experiences and other people's theories.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I investigated for a while and I haven't investigated in years. Do I miss it? Not really. But is it something to draw back from? Sure. I mean, obviously yeah. it's kind um, of worked. So, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that it might be a thing for me uh, it might enhance what I do, but I just I'm so busy doing shows and obviously now in the last year <laughs> unless you want to become a ghost, uh, <laughs> uh maybe not the best idea. But um the 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 point being that uh, I've just never had a strong I mean, I've been at a couple of events where I had like mini ghost hunts and I've been a part of it, but that's not really what I I've never gone out and say I'm gonna investigate this place. And and who knows, maybe if I did maybe I'd get hooked.
0: Well, you probably would and then you'd wouldn't be doing podcasts and then the next thing you know your wife would be kicking you out because um you weren't making enough money cuz you weren't right. doing enough shows.
1: That's right. <laughs> Get in there and record. Yeah. Would you do something already? <laughs> you were talking say? about you were you were talking about the catalog. I think now I'm well over 2000 shows including the paranormal podcast campfire and then I have a bunch of other plus premium shows, but new people, I never direct them to that. I want them to get the free stuff and, and enjoy that. Cause we have new, new free shows every week. Uh, two of them every week, the paranormal podcast and campfire. Uh, but the thing is, is that I'm kind of blown away sometimes uh, when I look, it's just like anything else. You know, it's like somebody that saves, you know, $10 a week, you know, 20 years later, you look up and you've got something right. So, I mean, it's just kind of, uh, it's kind of odd to look up and see that I've done that many shows.
0: Well, it's funny you mention that because I brought you on, well, I've been, we've, we've had this conversation probably every year since 2012, when we, like I said, when we started kind of going back and forth, maybe not every year, but every so often I'll say, hey, Jim, I need to get you on the show. And Jim will be like, anytime you want, right? And I'll throw him a date, it just won't work for him. And then it'll go another year because for whatever reason, I've forgotten, got somebody else and it just kind of trickles downhill. Right? right. And then I, we have to talk about the game show, but we're not going there yet. Just for, <laughs> just for my listeners sake. We'll get there in a minute. And then I, I started noticing because, like I said, it's 10 years my show has been on. And then I started, then I noticed that I don't um, number my episodes because I kind of, that's kind of always been my, I don't think anybody's looking for numbers. So I just never have, could be wrong, could right. be right about that. But that's here or there either too. But I started looking and I, I realized tonight's four ninety nine. And I figured, what better way to uh, put those first five hundred, well, four ninety nine together, than to cap it with the guy who, I'll say it, has been a major influence on my paranormal style, uh, because oh, I, I've I've always kind of uh, I don't want to say this I'll say it though, uh, you've, you you get the good you get good guests and the, you do good interviews so it's easy to go in and say, oh this guy was on with Jim so I'm gonna go hear how good it went or, mm, okay. <laughs> right?
1: How? How not as good?
0: Yeah. And sometimes that happens. Maybe, maybe, maybe Jim did the good interview, and maybe I should just leave it be. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. You do it too. Uh, so I I just wanted to take a moment and appreciate you, and then but we have to get back to the game show before I get all mushy yeah. on you and all this other stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my listeners know I've al- I've always said that I'm bad at pop culture, bad at paranormal trivia. But Jim, Jim does uh, what, what? What's is it? Paranormal, paranormal trivia, right? Is that what you call that?
1: Paranormal quiz, a paranormal quiz. Now we've been doing it monthly. We took a little hiatus uh, this month because we've been having a lot of work and stuff done around our house. But we'll be back to it next month. Yeah, well, and, I, bro- I broke
0: uh, the show the last time it, that the last time it aired. So that's you didn't right break
1: to- it. <laughs> you didn't break it. You were a lot of fun. You were a good sport. I, uh, it's, kind of, it, it, it's kind of reminiscent of a paranormal Jeopardy. Um, and we just have fun. We have a board of questions, and it's uh, it's enjoyable to talk with like-minded people. Who wins? Who loses? I mean, I, and usually I'm not one of these guys. It doesn't matter if you win or lose, but in this, it really does. We're just, we're basically having fun. I'm a horrible game show host, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a
0: much better host than I was contestant. <laughs>
1: I'm here trying to push a million buttons to see when you see the game show host on TV. They don't also have to produce it live to video. So that's sometimes, you know, okay, whose turn is it? What button do I need to push now? Okay. There's that sound effect six seconds late.
0: Well, that's okay. But it's it's, I mean, it, it's a do. lot to juggle though. I can imagine. I mean, like you said, there's, I mean, I do this, I do my show live, but there's no buttons to push. I'm sitting here talking to you and I'm reading a little chat room once in a while. That's it. That's it. Pretty simple. Right. I'm not trying to bring up cues and music and.
1: But it is a lot of fun if people want to check it out. And we've been I've been this year have been pushing the YouTube thing because I think that's another area of growth. And actually, my background was more in television in school. Uh, I know to look at me, you would go like, really? But but but, <laughs> but that was more my background. So uh, I'm I'm trying to explore that side of my creativity. So I've done some great interviews with a lot of fun people, Jimmy church, Mike Hanks, uh, Ryan Sprague. Um, we've done some of our campfire stories. We do the paranormal quiz over at uh, youtube.com slash Jim Harold. That's a, uh, that's a lot of fun. And I'm really enjoying that.
0: You, you just name drop some people. And that's totally fine. I get that. But who's left out there that you want to interview?
1: Oh, there's a lot of people. Uh, I'll tell you somebody that I want to interview. I can't get. And I think I upset him. David Paulides from um, missing four one one. Uh, I, I, uh, we, this was when I was working a full time job and doing this and he had graciously sent his book and he said, well, I want to prepare for this, this, and this story. And, or no, he said, let me know what stories you want to talk about. And I want it 24 hours before or whatever it was. Yeah. And, uh, and the truth was is that I was working a full-time job and doing this on the side. So I only got him the information a few hours before. And apparently that really upset him. And he's never, uh, he canceled the interview and has never responded to me since. So, I mean, that's his, um, that's his prerogative, but that's somebody that I would have really have liked to have gotten on the show. Uh, you know, um, dream guest, you know who I'd like to get on the show? I never would get him, never be able to get him. I'd love to get him because most people want to be a guest on his show. I'd be more interested in picking his brain, Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. Because I know he is so interested in the supernatural and UFOs and all that stuff. And I'd like to pick his brain and and see what his thoughts are and put him on the hot seat. Now, the chances of uh, that are kind of a uh, snowball's chance in Hades, I guess. (laughs) Well, I
0: I think, don't undersell yourself. There's a chance.
1: Yeah, but if Joe's out there, Joe, or any of your... uh, your representatives, uh, we'd love to have you on the show.
0: Yeah, I mean, either of us would.
1: There you go. I mean, yeah. we can, might even arrange it
0: so you only have to do it once. We'll take turns asking questions and knock it out. You can... <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or as the joke goes, I'll, I'll come and be on your show and then you can just shut me up that way. Okay.
1: I'm trying <laughs> to think of who else. Now, there's got to be some other people I'm not thinking of. Uh, I mean, most of the people I wanted to get, I, I've gotten most. There are a few, but... I mean, Dr. Eben Alexander, who's been on Oprah, Um, you know, uh, Stan Freeman was fantastic when he was with us, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, Brad Steiger. Um, I'll tell you somebody I'd like to get the hat on before. We had a great conversation. I met him in person at an event, and I can't reach him. Richard Dolan. I would love to have him back on the show. So it's weird sometimes you get people and they come on. And Michio Kaku, the physicist, I would like to have him on. I'm actually excited. I'm going to be interviewing Avi Loeb. He is a uh, Harvard professor and uh, a high muckety-muck astrophysicist, I believe. And he is the guy who theorizes that that large uh, object that came into our, I guess, solar system, Amuamua, is actually... uh, Possibly of extraterrestrial origin, and this is like an honest to goodness Harvard professor saying this, and I'm going to be interviewing him in the next couple of weeks. I'm excited about that one.
0: Cat uh, word in my chat room just popped up. Dan Aykroyd.
1: There you go. Uh, you know, I did try to get Dan Aykroyd and uh, crickets.
0: I tried to get him through his. Uh, was that vodka? He had something coming. Yeah. Out. Yeah. And I thought that, you know, cause that's kind of the time where you go
1: out. Yeah, that's a, that's when you get people to interview, uh, for people who aren't into this. You know, when they've got something to promote, it's a little bit, I've got a pretty high fi- profile guest coming up in the next few weeks, I think. And honestly, it's because they're promoting something.
0: Is that the, the worst part of this all, Jim? When you, you in what you, way? You, when you get somebody right and you're always on the fence about them, even though they said they'll be on, you know, and then until you hear their voice in your headset, there's always that thought they're not going to show up.
1: I'm not have that a lot. I mean, usually, um, I think David Paulini's the one. I don't mean to pick on him uh, because I actually think his work is very interesting. Sincerely, I'd love to have another try to say, let's, let's let the bygones be bygone. But, um, Anyhow, um uh not that, that that hasn't happened much. It's more getting frustrated when you can't get somebody. And I've had that happen before, like a machio kaku or something. But the funny thing is, is I've had instances where there's people I've wanted to get and I've sent multiple emails. I've had my assistant send all uh emails, nothing, and then one day I'll say, Well, I'll give it one more try and they get back to me within three hours. It's like a lot of times people don't see these things. Um you know, these people are busy. You know, some of the coolest interviews I did, honestly, were outside of the paranormal. I did a show for a short time a few years ago called The Great TV Podcast. I got to interview Ed Asner uh, from the Mary Tyler Moore Show, of course, in the Lou Grant uh, show. Uh, I got to interview Dawn Wells, who just passed recently. She was uh, Marianne on Gilligan's Island. I got to interview Donnie Most from Happy Days. Uh, Judy Norton Taylor who was Mary Ellen on The Waltons when I was a little kid I had a huge crush on her and I kind of alluded to that and I just had such a, fine, a fun time doing that show nobody listened to it but I love doing it <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was sitting here thinking
0: because you know as, as the host of mine works we've been talking about all these people that you'd like to talk to but they're all kind of tied to the paranormal and then you mentioned doing this TV show which surprises me nobody listened to it because those are some phenomenal people Um, is there there something off the the grid, so to speak, again, happening in your mind or no?
1: Um, I am working on something in the paranormal realm, but it's going to be maybe bringing in a different host for this show to join my network as it is. This will be a new show, but, uh, it's top secret, but you have the the first public acknowledgement of it. Well, no, I did put it on social media. I think oh, that somebody was coming. But, but first, the first, let's say this, the first broadcast. Uh, and, uh, we're looking for that in the next month or so. I'm excited about that. It's a little bit the same, but a little bit different and a different voice. And I think that, you know, that's, you know, I do so many shows. I don't know how much value I bring doing another one, but uh, maybe a younger voice, maybe. A not male voice, maybe that's uh, maybe that's something that uh, I can help create behind the scenes.
0: Okay, T- two people do listen to the show. I can't tell Jim that, so I can't tell nobody listens to the show. There are two people. I'm sure there's a lot more than that. Family members. We can't really talk about. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, but being around, being around, I'm always, I, you know, okay back to personal experience for a second i hate the the no answer more than i hate the no, because i i i will take the being rejected on merit or whatever or if it's just not the right time but when they don't even bother to send back i'll take a simple no
1: just so i know it was read. is that does that you're in the same boat well yeah I, if i had my druthers they say yes but I also realize, I mean, for me, I think, you know, these people are busy. And I think part of the problem, you know, you and I have been doing this a long time. And I think that over time you attain a certain skill level. I think now there's so many people doing paranormally oriented podcasts. And that doesn't mean that that's bad. But I think there's a there's some really great shows out there, old and new. And there's a lot of shows that are maybe less than great. And maybe these people have had experiences of being on one of those. So I think by being, you know, unless you have a big network name, uh, we were talking about networks offline. The one thing about being affiliated with an iHeartMedia or something like that, they're like, oh, this is this person's for real. And uh, unless they know of you, sometimes, even though you may be great, they don't necessarily know that. But I, I do agree, in general, it's good manners to respond.
0: Yeah, yeah and I, I do agree that podcasting growing is great for all of us, right? Old guys,
1: get off my lawn. But That's right. Get off my lawn. <laughs> at some, at some I point, I was though, recording with tin cans and yarn. You and your fancy Sure SM7B. Yeah.
0: Man, don't even go there. I... Re- <laughs> My my original quote unquote studio was my bedroom closet, which was it's three foot by three foot. So I wedged right. the desk in there and wedged myself in there and off I went.
1: My first for, my mic was a Plantronics headset.
0: I see I made the big mistake of starting off a Yeti, a blue yeti, and I used that for years.
1: Well, they're not you know what? If you do it the right way, they're not as bad as people say.
0: No, after a while, after I got used to it and realized that I, you know, needed to do a few things, it it started working better for me. But gave it right. up, But I don't even know what I'm using now. So that tells you how
1: important it is to me.
0: <laughs> I see all these people with these. I don't know. It's something.
1: Well, I'm a bit of a gearhead, so I, in fact. I have multiple microphones and I can only talk into one at a time, but uh, (laughs) uh, I I can't, I can't cast dispersions there because I'm a bit of a tech geek and it's like, Ooh, shiny new.
0: (laughs) As long as it works, I'm I'm good with it. No, but I mean, that's a major part of this though, because like we, I kind of alluded to earlier, yes, you can start with your phone and an app, but there's a certain amount of quality that people are coming to expect. I don't, I don't know if you have to run out and buy a a shoe or whatever, but maybe a little bit more than your phone, though.
1: Well, no, the thing is, is that, you know, even with the phone you could do a decent job if you do the right editing techniques, the sound techniques, you do those things, right? But if you just record it right into your phone and you don't equalize it and you don't level it and you don't do the things you have to do to create good audio, then, you know, you can start, I mean, literally someone now, Would start with like a $50 mic that is perfectly acceptable and uh, record into their computer and come up with a very good podcast. It doesn't take that much there, as you were kind of alluding to earlier. There's a lot of things that are around now that weren't like the Samsung Q2U or the ATR 2100, for example. This morning, um, we had some people in here working in the spooky studio. I'm back in here now. It might be echoey because we moved a lot of stuff out. And um, uh, they were doing some work in here. So I had to, like, get one of my USB microphones and record my opens and my commercial this week. And the funny thing was is once I got done working with it in audition, it's like, whoa. I, I don't know that I would have known the difference. <laughs> so the the technology has gotten good enough. But you don't need a million dollars worth of of equipment. In fact, you don't need a thousand dollars worth of equipment. If you've got a decent computer and uh, a $60 mic, you know, you can do a show.
0: So I see this question. I'm in these podcast Facebook groups for, I'm still not sure why, Jim, just to be honest. Uh, Because most of them get filled with people posting podcast links and it just blows my mind. But every once in a while, every once in a while. You'll see somebody out there asking a question that, you know, I feel like it had a little bit of value to having been around a while. And I seen this one the other day, and it, I'm going to ask you because I, I, I have an answer, but maybe your answer is different than mine. What's one thing you wish you knew when you started your show?
1: I wish I would have known that it had the potential that it had and has. I'll give you an example. I started a true crime show uh, in 2011, before Serial came out. And I think I did, gosh, how many episodes did I do? Almost 200. And this started, again, before, uh, yeah, 192 episodes. And this started before Serial came out. and But I made it a part of my premium club, Boy, was that a mistake. If I'd made that that, uh, a free show (laughs) (laughs) before serials, seeing the the, the appetite for true crime, I might be known as the true crime podcaster, not the paranormal podcaster. I wish I would have realized the potential in podcast. I mean, I think I did to an extent to start that early and, you know, become a full-time podcaster in 2012, you know, which was very early for such a thing i still don't think i grasped the degree of opportunity that was there and i think if i had even though i thought i think i've done pretty well i think i could have even done better
0: i'll i mean um you mentioned dave schrader he kind of dabbles in that too so i i i know the overlap of true crime and paranormal it still fascinates me though to a certain degree about how it's
1: like a venn diagram i mean there is there is, and I'm still interested in it, because to me, uh, where it intersects is this. There's the question of true crime or crime, violent crime, serial killers and the like. Is there evil? Is evil real or are we simply dealing with people who are mentally ill? And I'm very leery of this because I'm very respective of uh, or respectful of traditional medicine. I believe there's certainly people that have mental illness and mental illness issues, and I never want to belittle that. Uh, But sometimes I've asked FBI people this that I've interviewed. Do you think there's evil? And there's times they said, absolutely. You know, objective evil, aside from any mental issues and things. So I think that's where there's kind of a natural intersection between the paranormal and true crime.
0: It it's fascinating to me about that. I mean, like you said the Venn diagram. I guess that and you said that it, you know, the old the old one popped up in my head and I went, "Yeah, that's it. Why didn't I think of that? That's so good." Uh, <laughs> that's
1: why they painted the big bucks, not really yeah. but.
0: I was going to say that that's years more of experience right there.
1: <laughs> well, I got to tell you a funny thing about that. There was a podcaster out there one time who was critiquing me because he said, "Oh, he's a millionaire. He can afford all this fancy equipment which is laughable. I am like as middle-class as you get, you know, it's got the mortgage, got the car payment, uh, no golden faucets, uh, no golden, uh, thrones, nothing like that. Very, uh, uh, kind of middle-class life. And, uh, the, I have one fan who started to seize on that and he was having fun at my expense. Like I would, uh, say, well, I'm going out to, uh, barbecue steaks today and it's like ah steaks millionaires only have the finest and it was actually we had a game going he would jibe me that I was a millionaire knowing full well I'm not <laughs> Uh but uh, that's, that's people get weird assumptions I mean basically these shows are done with me and my part-time assistant Maddie up in Canada and then I have some people who help me out with some editing here and there part-time but it's not like a huge crew or anything it's mostly me and then Maddie and people think, oh, you and your team, you know, you and the people, you know, they, they tend to think that your operation is much bigger than it is.
0: I know. Trust me, I know that. Oh, so, well, okay. I should answer this question, and then I'll tell you a story about crazy people. Um, One thing I wish I w- – I, I, I guess I did know, but I didn't focus on it as much as I should have, is making my mailing list bigger. Because we we all kind of get caught in this moment of trying to get – Twitter followers or Facebook followers or whatever. That's right. And the one thing that has lasted through these years is email. Like people, I know people aren't opening email as much today as they were then, but it's still kind of the place to be compared to all what's going on in social media.
1: Well, honestly, you know, and it's the same thing. I worry about this with YouTube, you know, for whatever reason, somebody can kick you off of YouTube at any time. The powers that be, they could kick you off Twitter. They could kick you off Facebook. Your email list pretty much you own that asset. So I agree with you in terms of a marketing perspective. It's frankly something I've not done nearly as much on.
0: See, for those podcasters out there listening, and I can see a few live listening right now, put that in your pipe and smoke on it for a few days and then
1: thank us later. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. No, that's a very good point.
0: Um, there, there's your free tip. The rest of them are five ninety nine each. Um, <laughs> oh, that's another thing that burns me. Let me show you how to make money in podcasting. Six hundred ninety nine dollars. I just figured <laughs> out how you're making money in podcasting.
1: Exactly. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, you know, I I followed. I mean, there were people very early on teaching, and I don't know if I took any. I think I like did a couple of like quick tutorials that I bought and stuff. And I really have, I tried to teach a class for a while on podcasting and I charged like 99 bucks for it. And the thing was, is I found that people would sign up for it and then they didn't do anything. They didn't follow through. I would have like weekly calls where you could come on and talk with me and they weren't coming on. It's like, well, this is silly. If they're not interested in it enough to follow through, neither am I. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I met my obligations with the people who had signed up as a handful of people, but I decided that teaching podcasting was not for me, that I just wanted to podcast, Yeah, I you know, know, but I, yeah, but I, I, I do think, you know, I don't want to poo poo everybody who's teaching people because oh, I no. think that, but on the other hand, I think there's a lot of people saying, Hey, I'm going to show you how to do this and do that and do this in, in podcasting, but they haven't done any of it. I think that that happens a lot too.
0: It, it, maybe this is the, the old guy get off my lawn thing again. I'm yeah. ti- I'm tired of hearing about new and new, new and noteworthy, new tired. and noteworthy. Yes,
1: my, uh, um, I don't know if you know who old Dave Jackson forgotten? is. <laughs> do you know about? Do you know who Dave Jackson is? Oh yeah, yeah. He always talks about the frivolity of new and noteworthy. Now that's a guy folks should follow if they want if they're burgeoning podcasters or want to learn more. This is a guy. He's in the podcast hall of fame. He works for Libsyn. Um, he's been doing it as long as I have, and uh, he really knows his stuff. Dave Jackson. So if uh, in uh, school, of, I believe it's SchoolofPodcasting.com. If you want to follow someone that knows his stuff and has done it, uh, it's a good guy to follow.
0: You had you did a, sh- a series of shows about podcasting at one time.
1: Yeah, Pod Lords, and then I decided it was kind of like the teaching thing. I don't really want to talk about it. I just want to do it. It's like I'm kind of selfish that way. But, I mean, I did it. I got it out of my system. And that's the thing. I've done a few podcasts that kind of pod faded just because, um, you know, they didn't click. I mean, I, I think sometimes I, I, I remember seeing this even when I was a kid with general uh celebrities, let's call them. I'm not saying I'm a celebrity, but personalities. And people love them doing this one thing, right? And then they want to go to do something totally different and why I can respect that. And I understand because sometimes you want a little variety. The truth is you're known for this one thing and that's what people like you to do. You know, if somebody likes to watch Michael Jordan play basketball, they're probably not that interested in watching him play baseball. (laughs) And uh, I've kind of come to the conclusion that this is where I've cast my lot in this paranormal realm. And that's what people like to see me do. And that's what seems to work. So um, uh, I'm probably don't have any immediate plans on starting any non-paranormally oriented shows or anything.
0: How do you keep that interesting, though, Jim? I mean, you've been doing it for all these years. I mean, it's. I mean, I because know there's I, all, go ahead. There's
1: always something new. There's always always something new because the thing is, for example, UFOs. You know, I remember I live in the Cleveland area. I make no secret of that. I went to a UFO event here. Oh, maybe eight, nine years ago. And it was with a really great speaker. He's a fantastic speaker, still active. And, uh, you know, I walked in the place and at the time I was 40. So that kind of tells you how old I am. And uh, I brought down the average age by like, uh, you know, probably the average age was about 70. And that was then. But now you have this wave of new people interested in UFOs and all these new revelations and the, tech, tech, uh, the Tic Tac video and Amua Amua that I just talked about earlier. And then with the Campfire Show, which is my true spooky story show, it could be ghosts, cryptic creatures, UFOs, or whatever, there's always a new experience. I always say, because sometimes you do get tired. When you do something, you get tired. And it's like, okay, Mildred's on the line. She's going to tell us about... Um, a ghost or a head scratcher or whatever it might be. And then she'll lay out the wildest story <laughs> that you can't believe, uh, in terms of just being amazing and uh, it'll knock your socks off. And that happens regularly. So to me, there's always something new. And, and to me, it's, they're the ultimate mysteries like the afterlife. I'm going to be doing an interview Thursday with, um, a gentleman who's released a major book, um, uh, on Life After Death. We'll be live streaming that one, taking live questions on YouTube and uh, later releasing it as an audio podcast. But the thing is, is that that's a mystery that I will, <laughs> I'll be wondering till I actually know. Uh, because to me, the afterlife is a great mystery. So I, I don't think that I could have done over 2,000 shows of something that I wasn't genuinely interested in. If it was just something going through the motions, I don't think I could have ever done it.
0: So that leads me to this next thing that I kind of scribbled on the side of my notes. Of course, my notes are a train wreck anyways. So I don't know how you, do you, you probably, do you do it all digitally or do you, how do you take your notes?
1: Oh, you know what I've been doing? I've been using um, something called Book. And it's like, uh, it looks like paper, but it's like the stuff that you can write on and you can take a picture and it will send it to your Google Drive or your email or whatever. And then you take a, a damp cloth and you erase it and it's, it's empty again. And you've got, again, I've been using that a lot. That's kind of the best of both worlds. I've been enjoying that.
0: Ah, that sounds interesting. I might have to check that out because I still use the old spiral notebook. And actually, Jim, within the last four months, I finally, uh, created a Google doc and started putting my guests on there for me. Cause I don't tell people who's coming on beforehand just in case, because when you're live, strange things happen to people right <laughs> you know, get sick, whatever. True. Um, True. But I, you know, that way I could keep track of them what I'm out and about and like, Oh, somebody wants to be on. Well, I don't have my book and you, you know, you know how <laughs> it is. You want to, as soon as you get that message from somebody, yes, I'll be on, I'll have you on just so you don't lose that momentum because some of these That's people, right. are, yep. but, but back to the, um, the question, of, hey, we're almost out of. well, we're not quite out of time. We got twenty, well, eighteen minutes left, and we haven't. We you you. We're both paranormal guys. and I feel like we're missing something major we haven't talked about, and that's paranormal TV. Um, obviously, we've been like I said, we've kind of seen the ups and the downs and arounds of all the the casts and the shows and all this other stuff. But where is it today?
1: You know, I don't feel qualified to answer that, and the answer might surprise you. I barely watch it. Um,
0: No, it doesn't surprise me, because if you (laughs) you flip the question and ask me the same question, my my answer would be the same as yours. (laughs) Uh,
1: Because I just don't... I I mean, again, I like the cerebral treatment. That's not to say that, you know, I like Dave's show. What I've seen of Dave's show, I like it. But but I don't watch a lot of it because it's not its not the approach that I'm interested in. I mean, if I did a show, they would never allow it on television because they would say, oh, snooze fest, boring, <laughs> whatever, because I would want a serious discussion of these things. And, you know, they don't want that. I, I mean, I'm not saying every show, but I'm saying overall they don't want that. They want X celebrity goes and does a paranormal investigation, and uh, that just doesn't
0: interest me. Now, I'm going to ask you this question, and obviously we're not going to talk names because this is kind of loaded. This is a very loaded question, probably the most dangerous question for either of us all night. But when you identify and like somebody on the show, the likability of the show goes way up compared to when it's just a show. Like, we've mentioned Dave. Dave's a solid guy. He's been on the show. We kind of both like him, have a mutual respect for him, I'm sure, because of what he's done that show goes a lot better because he's on it. Yeah. Oh, so just carry us out of this conversation before we burn a bunch of bridges. We don't need to burn Uh, (laughs) uh, a few years ago. You know, you've done this long enough. You've probably had people that don't like your show and don't like you and don't like, you know, the fact that you're breathing. I got a message from a guy who says, you're, you're too big for your bridges. I'm going to take you down a few pegs. I'm going to dox you and I'm going to post your information everywhere. I'm gonna share. I'm gonna share with the world what's wrong with you, and of course, Jim. You know what my answer was. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Make my day.
1: Right. <laughs> you know, it's I, been weird. It's been weird for me. I gotta say, and you know, there's always a first time. Really, people generally have been extremely nice to me. I mean, occasionally you'll get people who are, you know, whatever going on with them, but I, I gotta say, I'm. If anything. I'm amazed, you know, if I had looked at this 15, 16 years ago when I first started in my expectations, that one of the things, that, and I'm not BSing, one of the things that surprises me is how nice people are. Oh, yeah. And the thing that I'll say is this, you know, and I'm not getting into politics, I'm not going to do that because it's just, uh, you know, it's a no-win situation, but I will say this, if you looked at the news now, you wouldn't think there's very many nice people in the world, but I get emails from them every day. So I still have hope for us. (laughs) I still think there's hope Uh, and I won't say any more. I won't say more, but I still believe there's hope because I think there's, there's, there, there's very nice people out there. And the thing is, is that, you know, that's not a headline that one, that's not clickbait. That doesn't get people riled up, but there's a heck I've got news for you. Breaking news folks, There's a heck of a lot of nice guys out there and nice ladies, too.
0: Yeah, and and to piggyback on your point, but not be political, there's nothing better than a good review or a good email or just even a comment on some social media site that kind of just refreshes you when you see it.
1: And the thing is, when you get some of the negative reviews, and I get some of those too, but you can tell they have an axe to grind because they say things that aren't true. Um. You know, one person said, "Well, I have too many commercials." But if you count up my commercials, if you compare it against like traditional radio or television, any day of the week, and they were given like some crazy—it's half commercials, which is not even close to true. Um, I, I'm actually, since I came from radio, where they do run too many commercials, I'm always very careful about that. But and then people, one one person had this bugaboo that I only have the same three or four women tell their stories on campfire, which nothing could be further from the truth, but he had it in his head that I only have the same three or four people, which was kind of funny. So I just kind of laugh it off. It's like, if you want to believe that you believe that, but it's not true. <laughs> I've had thousands of people on the campfire. Uh It's, you know, <sighs> Another thing I've realized, Jim, and, I, and it took me a long time to do this because I've always been someone who wants to get along with everybody. I don't want to have enemies. But there's some people you're just never going to please. And, and and you kind of said before, because you're breathing. <laughs> so <laughs> So, you know, for those few people out there who have been negative, that's okay. That's okay. They have a right to their opinion. Hey, if you put yourself out there public within reason, not, not anything destructive, but if you put yourself out there publicly and you say, Hey, give me a review. If it's a negative review, whether you feel justified or not, it's their right to do it.
0: Yeah. No, no, I, like I said, actually, I remember, I don't want to say it was the first comment I got on YouTube because that's probably not accurate, but I remember opening it one day and seeing that comment cause it, it had been a while since anybody said anything. And I opened it up and I got all in caps. You are the worst host ever. Like, and a dozen exclamation points.
1: And I went, I When people say stuff like that, you know what I think about? (laughs) There's this old poem, or I don't know if poem is the right word, but this old recitation. I think it was written by Teddy, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. The man in the arena. And if you're familiar with it, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about if you're not look yep. it up because I think there's a lot to be said for that. There's a lot, you know, when you're sitting on the sidelines, it's a little bit easier.
0: Oh, it it surely is. It's amazing, but and like, I enjoy like because you know, if I I it must have been one of those time comments. It was like 45 minutes in, and I'm like, well, you've listened, so that that validates that you you know genuinely think that. But I thank you for the listen. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I mean, you know, it's just one of those things.
0: It's it's just fun. I don't know. That's why, I mean, I don't want to say that's why I get out of bed every day. God, that sounds bad. But I do enjoy that feedback, honest feedback, either way.
1: Well, the thing is, is I've had people say, you know, Jim, I love your shows, but there's this one thing I wish you would or wouldn't do, and there have been cases where I'm saying, you know what? They're absolutely right. One time I had a word I kept mispronouncing, and... Uh, someone said, Jim, you're mispronouncing this word. And I mean, I'm not a, I mean, I am a master's degree. I think I'm a pretty intelligent person. Not that you have to have a master's degree to be an intelligent person, but I don't think I'm a dummy, but I was, I listened back. And was like, they're right. I am mispronouncing this word every time. And you know what? Ever since I don't think I've mispronounced it once, but I actually, I'm very grateful to that person for saying, Hey Jim, you're, you're getting this wrong. And it was pretty stupid on my part. So, uh, you know, I welcome fair constructive criticism. Uh, Tomato. It's
0: okay, Jim. Calm down. Oh,
1: yes, yes. Tomatoes.
0: Uh, So, as we look at the landscape of what's going on, I mean, especially in the paranormal, as, as we keep going through this, and I guess COVID kind of has an impact on this, and I'm interested to hear your, because that's where we connect, well, the first time I connected was at an event. Have you missed live events in the last year?
1: A little bit. I never did a lot of them, but I, I mean, you, there is something to be said. You know, I, I don't think I'd be one of those people who want to go to a live event every week, but a few times a year, there's no replacement, uh, whether it's podcasting people or paranormal people. Cause I've gone to both kinds of conferences and, enjoy, and enjoyed them. There's nothing like getting around like-minded people in person. There's nothing like it, and there's no replacement for it. Now, I do love all the technology we have, and I think I was telling somebody the other day, imagine if we went through all of this 20 years ago before we had, you know, and again, it's still not widespread enough. We need to get it in every house, but but widely available broadband and things like zoom and, and other programs and so forth imagine if we didn't have that or or things like curbside delivery or or whatever they might be all these modern conveniences made possible by the internet or streaming if we had to go through this in ni- yeah in 1970 <laughs> or 1980 and even not just entertainment just like ordering groceries yeah well i mean that's i exciting, mean though. yeah so i mean yeah what's happened is horrible and it's horrible. You know, I feel badly for my kids. I have one girl who's a high school senior and the other one is a college senior. So this has sucked big time, but at least they can stay in touch with their friends virtually. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's better than nothing. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that, um, I, I fully agree. There's no replacement. Thank goodness we have the tools we have now so we can try to emulate it. But, uh, but yeah, I can't wait to get back and and go to some paranormal conferences and some podcasting conferences. I enjoy talking to podcasting people, too.
0: Now, I don't want to pick on this person if they're listening. This is a knock on you. You know who you are. After I tell the story, you'll know who you are. They sent, they sent me an invite to a virtual conference, and asked me if I wanted to buy a table. I don't have anything to sell. And the, the table at this virtual conference was $100. Mm-hmm. And I went, now if I had something to sell and I knew how many people were going to be there, like, you know, like, I, I, you know, like I'm not one to do conferences either. I mean, you know that I think you were probably at the the one that I've probably been at four in my life. So. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So I don't I probably um, as the joke goes, I'm I'm like a Bigfoot sighting, like take a picture of <laughs> what <it> happens. Uh, <laughs> But to go to a virtual conference and then how – I mean, I'm never going to make the $100 back just by being there. Yeah, that's
1: tough. That's tough if you don't have a book or you don't have something that you're marketing. I'm not sure. And and virtuals. and I'm not casting aspersions. It might be a great experience. But I will say this. I think virtual conferences uh, are very hard to pull off. I was at one, oh, a few months ago and it was for podcasting and it was like, eh, this, I'm not feeling this, you know, although I heard there was another one that was brilliant. So I think a lot of it's got to do with execution and how you do it. And I guess there are ways of doing, they're very effective. And then, you know, there's some other ways they're not. So
0: I guess I got to ask you, have, have you tried out clubhouse yet?
1: I have not. Um, I've been extremely busy lately putting out, a uh, you know, layering on the YouTube stuff and uh, getting some work done around the house and things. I have not, and I'm always a little leery of like, what are they doing with my information? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they kind of, I kind of tread slowly. I'm very interested though. I'm kind of like, I keep listening and watching to see if there's, you know, any benefit to it. It's like, I mean, I want to make sure wherever I put myself that I have concentrated enough effort to make an impact. So if, you know, I'm like this year, a big thing I want to do is push my YouTube channel and do more video. And and that is, seems to be slowly succeeding. And it's like, okay, well, if I say, Oh no, Oh, I'm going to go over to the clubhouse here. You know, I don't know if that's going to, you know, I, I, sometimes when you're everywhere, you're nowhere. So not yet. I'm I'm sure that at some point as they open it, I had an opportunity to get in. Somebody said, Hey, I've got an invite if you want it. But, uh I um, I haven't jumped in yet. How about you?
0: I jumped in. I, I had somebody say, "Hey, we got. I've got an invite. You want one?" I'm like, "Oh, sure." I've seen you know I've seen it going around, and I jumped on that night and kind of listened to some things. It's, I wish there was kind of a place where you could send messages so people it could be more interactive while you're listening to somebody. That's kind of what it misses to right. me. Because while like say we're talking, like I have my chat room and that builds a community underneath of it and around it. And when you're just listening right. to two people talk, it's just kind of like listening to a podcast. And I feel that's the opportunity to miss there or opportunity to ask a question, you know, either. Like I said, something It's when you're just listening to people talk, you're just listening to people talk. doesn't matter if yeah, it's, it's live recorded or.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. What I've been trying to do with my YouTube channel when we do interviews is I open it up the last 20 minutes for audience questions. And I bring the questions up live. And people really seem to be liking that. And I think actually the guests like it, too. And it makes me laugh because it reminds me of the old days of Larry King. Paducah, you're on the air. Well, I know I I love my
0: chat room and I love my listeners because when they get they get a little invested and they get the opportunity to hear their question being asked, it makes it good. And sometimes now, Jim, I'm not afraid to admit this: they have
1: better questions than I do. Sometimes I've I've had that experience. Like, whoa, why didn't I think to ask that? Making me look bad. No, but (laughs) but no. Sometimes you know. Sometimes, and especially if you're doing this for a while, you may miss some stuff in terms of looking at from a different perspective.
0: So, yeah, I agree. So, Jim, I'm going to ask you the easiest question that I'm going to ask you all night because I want to do it because we've got about three minutes left. And I know if I don't do it now while I'm thinking about it, we kind of stumble through a little bit. I'll be like, hey, Jim, it's time for us to hang up. And I'll I'll be I'll feel bad about not doing this. Where can people find you and listen to you and all that fun stuff? And I'm sure you know this better than I do.
1: Well, com is the central place for everything. You can find my podcasts everywhere. You find free podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so on and so forth. I would highly recommend to start with Jim Herald's Campfire. We didn't get to do any spooky stories tonight, but that's where people call real people with their real stories of the strange. The Paranormal Podcast also, where I do my interviews with authors and experts. And then, of course, as I've been mentioning all night, pushing it a little bit there, the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Jim Harold And Jim, I thank you so much for inviting me on your show. It's been a pleasure.
0: Oh, Jim, it's, it's long overdue. Like I said, we've kind of been kicking this, this can as old and dented and wore out, and we'll do it again in 10 years. No.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. I, I plan to still be doing this as long as I'm, uh, I'm, uh, uh, I'm above ground.
0: I was going to say, you have, I, I had George Nori on a couple years ago, and I asked him how long he planned on doing Coast. And I I I kind of laughed and said, "Until they take the the uh, microphone out of your cold dead hands." And he said, "Exactly." So <laughs> good attitude. So again, thank you so much, and I'll I'll catch up with you sooner than that, I'm sure. Thank you, sir. And that's uh, Jim Harold. I had I had to have done that. I feel that was. I mean, like I said, we've me and Jim have been talking about it for a few years now, and um, as we. Uh, Put a bow on some of these things. Like I said, next week brings 500, which brings some more special guests to the table. I'm really looking forward to that. But um, the paranormal was a big part of the show for the early years. So, of course, I had to make sure I went out and got myself, well, I, I'll say it, the the king of paranormal podcasts, right? Art Bell is the king of talk radio, paranormal talk radio. Jim Harold's the king of paranormal podcasts. Uh, just no other. So that puts us to next week, which is number 500, and I'm not going to tip my hand on that. Um, big milestone. Hopefully I don't get too broke by that number. I, you know, I, I hate round numbers. Uh, if you listen to 300 and 400, you'll, you'll hear it. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to get past 500 because then I could just start focusing on a 1,000. So uh, <laughs> 600, 700, 800 don't matter. 900 doesn't matter. Uh, 1,000 will be the number at that point. So that will be good for me uh, to get some of those out of the way and start cruising forward for some great things. And 10 years has kind of been that number that's kind of been hanging out there for a while, so we'll get past that. And um, I won't have to be so emotional for quite a while, which is good. (laughs) No, I do enjoy doing this, and it's just hard to believe that we've been doing this together for so long. And I am so blessed to have met every one of you out there listening, even though I haven't met you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mallard Report. Stay tuned for details on saving money at the Duck Pond Shop. I hope you enjoyed this report. Please subscribe so that you can join us again. And if you appreciate the show, leave us some stars or a review. For more notes from this show or other great shows, check out Mallard.com. A reminder, the views and opinions of the show are those of the host and guests and do not represent any sponsors, affiliates, or any other partners of the Mallard Report. Now for your money-saving tip. Promo code Mallard at checkout of DuckPondShop.com where you can get your t-shirt, coffee mug, and other great products. That's promo code Mallard at checkout out DuckPondShop.com Until next week, stay safe and keep quacking.